0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Let's go ahead and get into the Word of God. Our scripture text is coming from Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, grab them. Go there with me. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 if not just follow on the screen and we want you to simply be encouraged today and know that during this semester, the spring semester we're just really intentionally focusing on faith and the limitless faith of God and the limitless living that God has for us and we want to encourage all of you to take the limits off take the limits off every area in your life that has been restricted No matter where it's at, be intentional during this semester and condition yourself to remove all doubt and replace it with God can and God will. Remove all fear and anxiety and replace it with God cares. God loves me. You ought to say it right now. God loves me. Come on, say it. God loves me. God cares. God will God can Romans chapter 10 verse 8 says this Jesus said but what does it say the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart in another portion of scripture Jesus said that from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so essentially your tongue is connected to your heart and the scripture says that that is the word of faith which we preach. I believe that in this inspiration, and I say Jesus, I believe all scriptures given by the Spirit, right? I really do believe that interchangeably you can say the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. But when you read the Bible, Jesus, He, he makes himself equal to the word of god. And so the written word is an expression of the spirit. But god is undivided. You can't divide god from his spirit, from his truth. Truth and spirit are one, right? Truth and spirit are one. And what did Jesus say? He said I am the truth, right? The way and the life. The life is the spirit. So he's undivided. So when, when, when the Lord is speaking through the Apostle Paul, the Spirit of God is just dictating through him through the anointing. He, he makes it very clear that the word of faith is which we preach, the message of Jesus, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice he said, what you say, what you confess, will be in the end result will be your salvation and salvation begins at the cross but it doesn't end there for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation for the scripture says whoever believes on him will not be put to shame Remember, this is all about Jesus. And Jesus gave the apostles right to have his word and express it that they would believe on him as they did himself. In John chapter 17. But the spirit of God is speaking right here and saying, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Here's the questions. And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Now, did you see the sequence there? The sequence is, first, everyone has to have faith. If you're going to confess what you believe, someone has to make the deposit in you through a word. That's where the preacher comes in. Not just any preacher, but a God-called, God-sent preacher. Divinely empowered appointed by God to speak the word that God has put inside of him much like the apostle Paul writing the letter all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for correction and instruction in righteousness but in this right here he's breaking it down and saying it all begins with the word It all begins with the Word. And when you begin to confess the Word, that's what's delivered to us. How many of you got saved in church or saved because somebody gave you the good news or someone gave you the gospel? Someone told you about Jesus. And when they make that deposit in you, then you begin to confess it and believed on it. Well, that's what he's saying here. It begins with the Word. Turn to somebody and tell them it all starts with the Word. And so it goes here. Let me finish this up. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tithings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Not everyone's obeyed it. You have a choice. For Isaiah says, Lord, who shall believe our report? That's why Isaiah said, who's going to believe the report of God? When Jesus came, not everybody believed. And then he goes right here and concludes with this. And here's the last verse. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And how do you hear the word of God? By either confessing or hearing someone else confess it. But it all starts with the word. It all starts with the word. We're talking about limitless faith today. Week two is about limitless faith. I'm going to do my very best to teach you how to tap into the faith of God and the unlimited faith of God that God has for you. All of us have been given faith, but then we have access to unlimited faith. And when you can figure out how this works, and there's a principle for this, and there's scripture for this, You can see things begin to transpire and change around your life. Some have called the Christian faith the great confession. And it is comprised of confessions in our life. But I've also recognized people that have good things to say, people that have relied on God's word to give out and to speak it rather than speak concerning what they see and what negative things they hear always come out on top. People who know how to say the right things, people that know how to confess the word of God, people that know who to put their trust in and their faith in, never are kept down or pressed down. They always overcome. Is there any overcomers in the house this Sunday morning? Does, is there anybody that believes that God's word is powerful in your life? Is there anyone here this Sunday morning that believes in the confession of your faith and the confession of the word of God that you're going to release what was in Jesus, the same spirit that was in Christ is in you. How many of you believe that this Sunday morning? Someone say, God bless this service. High five somebody and tell them you can be seated. Come on. Back in the day, we used to go to our parents used to probably come to us i know it's happened to me a couple of times when i was younger my mom used to tell me go to miss lucille's house lucille was a sweet little lady who lived right next door to my mama and us and he said go to lucille and go ask her for a cup of sugar now you go next door and ask for a cup of sugar you may get shot (laughs) not sure what that means in the urban dictionary but i don't think it flies today amazon it so Probably all of you have one of these in your home. This is ours. It is used. We cook, and trust me, it's clean. It just wore out. In fact, I bought this for a sermon illustration probably over five years ago, and since then we've used it. My wife brought it to me, and I said, "Baby, you got to use it. I mean, you got to clean it, baby." We're going to bring it to me. She goes, "It is, sweetheart. I scrubbed it. I put soap. I did everything, and it." That's what you call being used. This is a lot like us. Our life becomes transparent, but then life allows us, because of our faith, to be used. But it's not what it looks like, it's what it can contain and what it can hold. The scripture says, indefinitely and positively, I can tell you that in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, if you write that down in your notes, Romans 12 and 3, and go home and read it. The scripture says that God has given everyone the measure of faith, the measure of faith. And the interpretation of that word measure of faith actually means like this cup. Graduated measurements, a measuring cup. So God has given everyone a measuring cup to hold faith. To hold faith. God has given everyone faith, and you have a measurement of it, but it's in increments. There are some people who have more faith in healing because they've been healed, there's some that don't believe in healing because it's just weird. (laughs) There are some people that have faith in God's deliverance because they have been delivered. There are some that just become long suffering and they just they're all right with being in a rock in a hard place. Not me. I I, I just anytime I feel like I'm in an entrapment, I say, God, deliver me right now. Send an angel. Do whatever you got to do. We have faith in God in these areas. And there are some that have 30 fold and 60 and 100. And measurements of faith in some particular area of our lives. There are many people that have the wisdom of God and not because they are super wise, but because they learn how to lean on God and listen to God and depend on God for answers. So so based on that, they can have a measurement of that faith. What happens when you have a particular measurement that's full in faith, you can begin to pour out into other people's lives or into a situation. But remember, the secret to pouring more out is to have more poured in. So faith has to cycle. Faith has a cycle. You can write that down. Faith has a cycle. Not only were you meant to pour your faith out and whatever area you're strong in, and even in your weaknesses where you lack faith, you if you ask God to strengthen you and you begin to study God's word and get it in you concerning that particular topic, you can grow in faith. You can. If you weren't born with it, you can be reborn with it. If you weren't born with a certain amount of faith, I, I promise you, when God comes into your life and he gives you his spirit, you have now the mind of Christ. You have the heart of God in you. What needs to happen now? Christ needs to form in you and there needs to be a maturing and there has to be a new level of faith. More levels of faith. So you're not going to your neighbor asking for a cup of sugar. You're going to God asking him for more love. Fill me up, God. Help me with my faith. I lack this area of my life. I lack love, God. I don't know how to be patient with people. I don't, God, I just don't like people. <laughs> if some of you would be honest. I want to go to work. I love my work, but I hate the people. <laughs> so, Lord... I don't have anything to pour out. I mean, I just, I mean, I can't get, I, I don't know how to deal with people. Keep it at that. I don't know how to deal with that, God. So you have nothing to pour out. But, but once you have learned how to let God pour into you, then you can learn how to pour into a situation. So it's not that any of us lack faith because we have the measurement of it or the cup of it to hold it. The fact remains is that we have not spent enough time with God for him to pour into us. What is it that your neighbor needs or what is it that you need? And based on that concept, as you begin to let God pour more into your life, You begin to see what Jesus had. The scripture says that we've been given the measure of faith. Every person has been given according to Romans 12. But it also says that Jesus was given the spirit without measure. Without measure. The only other person that I can reference and it comes to mind that had a cup that overflowed was King David. When King David said, my cup overflows, my cup runneth over. With Jesus, he was given the spirit without measure. That means that when you try to measure the faith that God has given you, it's almost like putting it under the water faucet and your wife asking you, where is it at? Is it a cup yet? No, I don't know. Where is it at? It's overflowing. I can't tell. It's immeasurable. Your faith becomes immeasurable when it begins to overflow. How many of you want overflowing faith? So overflowing faith, you're you're very generous in what you have to offer, and then you have enough to spare. But if you don't go to God, then it's hard to do the will of God when you're running on empty. And how do you get filled with God by faith? Well, let's reference the last scripture again, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. I believe that hearing can can apply to not just your physical hearing, but your spiritual hearing as well. How many of you have ever heard God's spirit speak to you and your faith just kind of ignited? Well, let me ask you this question. How many of you believe that God still speaks? It's all right. Raise your hand. I mean, there was, I mean, I'm just telling you, why would you serve a God that you would pray to that you, I mean, why talk to a God who wouldn't talk to you back? God does talk. He may express it through his word, through your spirit, through different events. It's no coincidence when you're walking with God, how God begins to direct you. But God does talk. It's just that we're not listening. Right? Because chips and salsa make too loud of a crunch. That's what fasting does. Fasting allows us to hear the voice of God more clearly and to build a spiritual hunger, to develop your senses, to drown out your senses, to be vulnerable to the spirit of God so your spiritual senses can develop. So when the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, here's the actual definition of it in the Greek. That word, word, God's word. God's word comes from the Greek word that means rhema. It's pronounced re What it literally means in the Greek, it means that which is and has been uttered by the living voice. That's what that scripture is saying. Our faith grows by hearing the living voice of God. And in that scripture in Romans chapter 10, it either came out from a preacher to hit your faith. Because I promise you, if I got up here and said something that didn't resonate with your spirit, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, then I've got some questions for you, too. If you haven't been born again, if you haven't been saved, then we got to talk and let me help you. but But if I'm off, trust me, you're smart you read your Bible you'll know and your spirit will bear witness with that but if you bear witness with the word of God and what comes out of my mouth if God's anointed me to deliver this word today something inside of you will ignite and your faith will begin to rise and your actions will be expressed and your mouth will begin to confess and things will begin to shift and to change How many of you understand what I'm saying? How many of you agree with that? That's what happens sometimes when we come to church and we feel the presence of God or we hear the word of God or the songs resonate with us because they're really worship songs and music is really the word of God just expressed differently. That's really what it is. If you really trace that song back, they're scriptural. We just express them differently. And your spirit, man resonates with that and you feel it growing you spiritually that's how powerful music is but but here's what happens when you begin to pray to god and the same spirit that was in christ is in you in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god john chapter 1 verse 14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And when that spirit that's undivided with the word, the spirit and the word are one. The spirit and God's word are one. Outside of God, the word of God is called in the scripture, outside of him being eternal, the only thing that's called eternal is the word of God. Because you can't divide God up. When God releases his spirit, he releases his word. This is what you have to begin to recognize when it comes to our walk with God. Our walk with God is validated by the word of God. and It is also inspired by. By the faith that comes from our trust in it. Your faith begins to grow. And the more you pray, the more you begin to talk to God, the more the spirit of God you begin to be filled with. And point number one, God's will is fulfilled when we are filled. Whatever the purpose God has for you in your life, the only way to see it fulfilled is when you are filled. Once again, it is hard to try to pour out. See, you can't fulfill God's will without pouring out. Jesus came into this world and he emptied himself. That's what Jesus did. He did it through servanthood. Jesus did it when he said, The Son of Man came not to be served but to serve. It was an expression of him pouring out. So when he healed somebody, he was serving. When he forgave somebody, he was serving. When he began to express himself to the world and through the cross, he poured love out into the world through the cross. But how many times did we see Jesus go into private, see, And come out before the day and get filled. How many times did we see Jesus go in private and get filled? He was able to pour out because he was being filled. Therefore, he was able to fulfill the the will of the Father. You can't pour out. You can't pour something out of your life you don't have. Or someone hasn't poured in. And this is also why you and I become weary. We become weary sometimes because we lack strength and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you're constantly giving out, but you've never been refreshed or replenished or refilled, then your joy is lacking and your strength is weak. If you're constantly having to give answers and direction and, and you're the boss, and you feel like you're overwhelmed because there are so many questions, so many problems, then you need to go to God for wisdom. But you stay in the circuit, and there's just something that happens with there, and you begin to see how God begins to change things for you. Jesus was filled with the Word of God. Even at a young age, we knew this. We knew this at a very young age, at the age of 12 in his life. At the age of 12, Jesus walked into the synagogue and and, and his parents were missing him. He had been gone for days and he was in there sitting, conversing with the lawyers, conversing with the Pharisees, the doctors. And they said, where in the world did this young man get so much wisdom? So much wisdom, understanding. We knew Jesus had a knowledge of the word of God. He was filled with it and he also incorporated that With prayer, we knew he prayed. Prayer, devotion, and prayer and reading the word of God is a winning combination. Prayer and reading the word of God brings an awareness of his presence in your life. Someone needs to write that down because some of you don't feel God. Sometimes you feel like God isn't near you. I promise you, if you'll take five minutes out of your day when you're busy and you feel overwhelmed, if you're driving, pull over to the side of the road. I've done it many times. In fact, I hate driving. I do. Thank God my wife loves to drive. I mean, she, she loves it. She'll even on a Sunday when I want to rest and take off, I'm going to go driving. Where are you going? I don't know. So I'm like, drive, baby, drive. You go out of town. I'm just going to pray. But I've learned that any time I've spent with prayer, whether it be on the road or in the house or wherever, God is mobile. God is mobile. He's no respected environment. You create the environment. You create your environments if you don't have an environment. Take control of your home and your environment and let the worship music play throughout the house. Let the music in the car play worship. Let the tone be set for your home. When I want to keep God in the middle of my house and create an environment for me, I'll light the candles too. Not the bingo ones. God delivered me, but I, I, I do Everything. I get into it, man. I know that sounds spooky, weird, crazy. But you know what? When I wanted to romance my wife, I lowered the lights and put the candles on, too. I'm just saying it's a mindset for me. I'm a romantic. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Just joking. I believe in setting the atmosphere. I really do believe that if you don't have the time... You are you ready for this? I don't have the time. Take control and make the time. And I don't, it doesn't matter what you have to do because the time spent with God is time well spent. And the more time you spend with God, the less time you'll have to spend with trouble people, drama people, and trouble. All three. You'll spend less time with that. God will begin to fight your battles. You'll have the wisdom to deal with it. You'll have the love not to argue and just say, God bless you. I'll be praying for you. I promise you, things begin to change. When you know your source and you understand that every good and perfect gift comes from above, then you'll begin to invest your time into him. What's this? What's this? John 6 and 63. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words, this is Jesus talking now, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, is what Jesus said. But some of you do not believe me. Not everyone's going to believe. You have to intermingle faith with the words that you are hearing. But in the case of Jesus, he had the words, he had the spirit from birth. He was, are you ready? He was the spirit and made flesh and dwelt among us. Do I need to quote the scripture again? And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. Somebody say full. Jesus was full, full of the spirit. So when he opened his mouth, it was spirit and life. For Jesus knew from the beginning which one didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. The Spirit has to draw people's hearts. Don't wrestle with your children. Don't wrestle with your relatives. Don't wrestle with your friends, your coworkers. Don't argue with them. Let the Spirit of God dwell in in you and through you and pray for them and let's see what god can do because only through the spirit can god draw people to him not through our human efforts not through our human efforts jesus has said it human efforts accomplishes nothing but there will come a time when god has dealt with somebody then there'll be opportunity and so he says it like this at this point verse 66 Many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then he turned to the 12. He said, are you also going to leave? But oh, Simon, listen to Simon Peter. But Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. He knew the source. Peter may have messed up, but he knew the importance of the words of Jesus. And he embraced them. And he put them in his heart. And it created something. When Jesus spoke, those disciples listened and embraced it. But later God said, I have been with you. And John, he prophesied to them. He said, behold, I am with you. But I shall be in you. Point number two, our faith is filled by God's spoken word. The disciples had the edge on the rest of the disciples. The twelve had the edge on the rest of the disciples. The twelve Jesus took under their Jesus took under his wings, and he poured into them, spoke life into them. Even before their time, Jesus released authority into them. And so he said at one point, go out by twos. He always sent them out by twos because they all of them knew how to come together in agreement. He sent them out later in the book of Acts by apostles and prophets. They have to be together. I believe that in the government there has to be somebody, there has to be people that have someone else in their life that they can agree with in order to build God's kingdom successfully. Most of the time, this is why God gives you the right spouse for your life. I believe every spouse, every husband and wife, when they're believers, become power couples. Every couple that believes in Christ and has him as their Lord and Savior and believes in the power of God has the ability to become a power couple. To agree to see mountains move, devils chased off, families saved and in influenced And whatever God calls you to do, it will be done because you have his word in you. Through prayer and devotion coming together. You remember when God told Joshua in the book of Joshua, before he sent him into the promised land, he told him, if you want good success, now there is success and then there is good success. I believe that good defines the goodness of God how God can come into your life and you think you can do good, but you have done nothing compared to what God wants to do. There's something better and greater that God has that involves him. But when you want good success, he told Joshua, never let my words depart from your mouth. You can speak it, but make sure you replace it and constantly have it there. He commanded Joshua not to think on the word he didn't tell Joshua, "Hey, just think about my word and you'll have good success." He didn't say that. He said, "Speak the word and you'll have good success." This principle goes back again to the fact that we are in the image of God. And in the beginning, in the Genesis, we, we taught this here many times. God created the heaven and the earth by what? Speaking, releasing. When you talk, and this is what you have to understand, when you and I talk, we release what's inside of us. That's why some people can come into your life and be filled with drama. They didn't get it from God. They got it from their grandma. I'm just joking for grandma's <laughs> here. Got it from their tia, right? <gasps> huh? Huh? Hey, you know what? Right? Got it from someplace. Been listening to somebody. But when you speak the word into people's life, you are building them up, encouraging them, and you are changing and altering their destination. And yours as well. When you constantly have it released out of your mouth. If you didn't catch this Wednesday service, go back and listen to it. Because there are angels that are waiting for you to release God's word out of your life. There are angels. If you don't believe that there are angels, you shouldn't believe there's a God. Because God uses angels as servants. But they aren't there for you to tell them what to do. They are there for God to tell them what to do. And the only word that they'll respect is the word of God. And when you release it and it comes out of you because you've been inspired by the Spirit of God and you're overflowing and you release it when God tells you to release it, those angels are working with you and they will help you. That's, that's Bible. And so sometimes you and I don't have the words. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. The scripture says, and the Holy Spirit... Helps us in our weaknesses. Does anybody have weaknesses here? Will anybody admit they have weaknesses? Come on, everybody. Everybody has weaknesses. Not me, Pastor Bobby. I'm strong, man. (laughs) Nothing wrong with me. That's what's wrong with you. (laughs) Right? You just let everybody know. Listen. Everybody has weaknesses. The, 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 the catastrophe is when you don't recognize them. To recognize a weakness is a good thing. It's God trying to show you where he wants to help you. And if you'll humble yourself, God will help you. Find scripture that pertains to that weakness and begin to take it to God and ask him to help you with his grace. He will. You got to pray and talk to him. Then you got to act on it. The flow. The flow, right? Watch this. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for. I've been there many times. I was there this past week. I knew there was a situation going on and I didn't know how to pray for it. But I allowed the Spirit of God to just, I just went into prayer and started to worship. And with that in the back of my mind, I started worshiping him and praising him. Then I felt the anointing come and I felt the spirit of God come. Then he began to give me direction and I began to hear. And I'll talk to you about that in a moment. You begin to hear. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Isn't it amazing how how in the book of Joshua when they did take the promised land and took Jericho, that at the end when they, they shouted, no one knows exactly what was shouted, but give a great shout unto God. I don't know what came out of their mouth. It may not have made any sense. I mean, you know, it was one of those moments where Everybody went crazy. Ah, I don't know. Maybe some shout "Hallelujah," some "Amen." Maybe there were some Latinos there. Oh, holy, I don't know. I mean, some like they're inside the walls of Jericho, going, "What in the world is that?" Doesn't make sense. Somebody's yelling, but we don't know what it is. Right? It didn't make sense to anybody else, but it made sense to God. It was towards God. Well, even now in the New Testament. Praying in the spirit and praying spiritual prayers many times doesn't make sense with us to our natural ear, but it makes sense to God. And God speaks through us. So step out by faith just because you don't understand it fully. Don't knock it off and don't try it. Praying in the spirit is the most powerful thing that you can allow yourself to do. And I'm going to say this here. Because I believe this in our marriage. I promise you, my number one obligation to my wife is not just for me to love her, but I am here to make sure that she loves Jesus more than me. I got to make sure there are times that I'm going to, can I just be transparent with you? There are times I want to spend time alone with my wife and my wife said, I I feel like I got to go pray. And I've made the mistake in the past where, oh, you can pray later, honey. Boy, that was a huge mistake. Not anymore. You got it, baby. Go do your thing. I found out there are times God will deal with my wife. There are things that God has her position to do in our family in prayer that has protected my family that has opened doors for my family that has protected my children and there are times when i have to spend time with god that i can't i can't do certain things i can't entertain certain ways i can't go certain places because god will have me go in to spend time with him and things have to shift and things have to change if i don't pray things don't work out well in this church i just going to tell you straight up things aren't organized things aren't working right these staff, the pastors don't have the strength in the... I mean, they're just an order to God's kingdom. And this is how it works for the family. Mama and daddy have to pray. Husbands and wife have to lead the way because you're covering your family, and that's where the flow begins. And so by praying in the spirit... The Spirit of God is interceding for you, and you don't understand what's being said, but it's like the Spirit of God is moving through you, and you're praying it out, and it's like God is saying, I- I've got the kids. I've got your family. I've got your business. I- I've got every deal that you're going to make. I'm going to give you wisdom today. I'm going to open a door for you. I'm going li- to send somebody to you, and you're going to have the words. You've been asking. You've been wondering. There's some things that your Spirit actually says for you that concerns God's will that you have no idea. Where is that at? Right here. Verse 27. And the Father who knows all hearts, say God knows my heart, knows heart. knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. With God's own will. And we know that God, this is the importance of prayer, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose so You're making a huge mistake if you stop your spouse from coming to church. You're making a huge mistake if you're stopping your children from being involved. I'm just simply telling you the safest and the best thing that you and I can be doing today is our devotion at home, spending time with Jesus and coming to the house of God and corporately worshiping together and getting refreshed and getting encouraged and letting the Spirit of God build our faith. Strong families pray together. Families that last are families that fast. Families that grow are in the know. And you won't stumble if you stay humble, but you can't be humble if you are filled with pride. And pride will resist the presence of God. It's so easy for this flesh to say, ah. <laughs> I don't need your flesh says that your carnality thinks that but the spirit is so hungry the Spirit of God it wants your soul wants the Spirit of God nothing satisfies it nothing can contain it's like you got to find the next thing after the next thing after the next thing and the next goal the next dream the next accomplishment the next this and that when God is saying if you just come to me all you that are weary I'll give you rest. Anyone who thirsts, come to me and try. Try and taste and see that the Lord, that he is good. And it makes the journey even better. It makes the journey even more enjoyable and the presence of God when it's in your life. But don't forget, you can't separate God's presence from his word. Let me me show you this diagram really quickly. Here's what happens when you put faith in the king. Your faith is tied to your fire or your desire. If you want a fire or a desire in your spirit, a fire for God in your heart, you must have faith in God and act on it. You create a flow by interacting with King Jesus. You create a flow. Recognize the symbol of infinity there that represents covenant, it's a flow. We are in covenant with God. God is in covenant with us. We are married to Christ. We are the body of Christ, right? How many of you believe we are married to Jesus? In this covenant, when we go to Him, how how many of you married couples can agree with me? After years of marriage, you have now picked up some of your spouse's little quirks? Sense of humor? How many, no, just this side over here. That's it. Nobody. How many of you have even, even strangely enough, when you're riding in the car together, pick up each other's thoughts? Okay, nobody. We need to have like a marriage conference or something. You want to know why that happens? Because that union, not only does your body become one, but your spirits become one. And the two become one. But when you begin to pray together, whether it be together or your devotion to God together and simultaneously, what happens is that comes together and the closer you get in the spirit, God begins to use you as a team. And when you don't have the answer, many times your wife or your husband will have the answer. It's just a powerful thing, a power couple. And you begin to hear the voice of God. You begin to have direction. That's why I listen to my wife. I didn't used to like I do now. I listen to my wife now. My wife, I mean, I'm telling you, my wife has had dreams. My wife, she won't tell you this, but my wife hears from God. And when she hears from God, I listen. I'll never forget one time, and this has to do with this. But you see, the Spirit of God will work in your life. You have to create the flow. And when you create the flow, you begin to hear the voice of God clearly. Because your senses begin to develop. See, we have senses, right? We touch, right? We feel, we smell, we see, we hear, we taste. Those are your physical senses. Did you know in the spirit you also have those senses that God wants to develop? And you start to see the things of God. You start to hear the, the word of God, the voice. of You do begin to hear because you have to grow, but you have to develop those senses. And sometimes God will talk to you in your spirit and you'll just know. You'll just know. We call it a gut feeling. Sometimes God will speak to you in a dream. Some of you wrestle with dreams so much, but when God gives you a dream, you don't have to question it. it, it, You'll you'll know it was God. Trust me. You know when God gives you a dream, it's not one of fear that makes you fearful, gives you anxiety, gives you fear. No. God gives you a dream of encouragement and in love and inspiration and protection, and you feel faith and love from it most of the time. If God warns you, even then you have courage inside of you. There's just a difference. There's a witness of the spirit when God speaks to you. There is a witness of the spirit when God speaks to you. When gas prices started really going up, how many of you remember when they were 99 cents? How many yeah. anybody? Any? I feel like an old man now up here. How many of y'all remember when gas was 99 cents? When it went to $2, I was like, man, I'm gonna go buy a motorcycle. And I started looking them up. I'm not kidding. I thought, I'm just going to ride a bike to work, save money on gas. I didn't tell my wife anything. I didn't say one word to my wife. So I started looking for weeks, but I was at the church praying. I was asking God for an answer. I said, God, I, I just I want your permission, God. If I can go buy a bike, they're on sale. I tried giving him every excuse to give me permission. I, I live life by permission. I just believe that when God gives you permission, you have the permit to do whatever he wants you to do. So prayer does that, and I went to God for permission. I hadn't heard from God for two weeks. So finally on a Friday, I said, I haven't heard. He didn't say no. So I called my wife. I was Friday, and... I called the dealership. I said, "I'm gonna. I'm fixing to come and I've been looking at this one, and and I'm gonna come get it today. I'm I'm gonna surprise my wife. And I tell my wife nothing. So I, I was leaving work, and and I called. I said, "Hey, sweetheart. I said I'm I'm gonna be home in a little bit. I gotta go someplace real fast, and I'll be home after a while, maybe an hour or so. And you know, oh, my wife's so sweet. Okay, no problem. Love you. See you later. I gotta love you too. Bye bye." And she goes, "Wait, babe. I, I I gotta tell you something." She said. I had the weirdest dream this morning. I had a dream that you were on a motorcycle and you were going fast and you hit a fence in the pasture and you flew off into a field. I said, babe, I'm on my way home. (laughs) Son of a gun. Thank you, Lord, for the answer. Some people make decisions without asking God first, and then they try to make up for it and return it. It's like, no, 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 no. You got to deal with that. I call that catch-up prayer. can't do that. Let me show you what really happens in this moment. The next slide is this. Here's what really happens. In the flow of his presence is the word of God, and that's where God begins to build your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the spoken, living word of God, and you cannot separate God's word from his spirit. So actually what is happening in prayer through the word of God, your spirit man is being spoken to. When it starts making sense to you is when you start filling your brain... <laughs> God can't interpret nothing for you if you don't give him the interpretation through the word. You'll start feeling hunches and inclinations, but to clearly define the word, you have to have the word, the written word, expressed. Here, God uses what's up here. That's why we have to become students and disciples of the word of God along with prayer. But when you go to the king and you go and have a desire that's being built up, you put faith in him. Then the word of God or the spirit of God begins to build your faith. Your measuring cup begins to be filled. You're now filling the cup and there are no limits to that. You have unlimited faith. Do You know how much faith God has. Do you know there is nothing impossible for God? You know, God never doubts. God isn't afraid. God doesn't doubt himself. There is none greater that he can swear by. There is none greater than God. Can you imagine the, the faith of God? But when you create the flow, what you are actually doing, the word of God in the spirit of God is building your spirit man. Where is that at, Pastor Bob? I'll show you. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Watch this. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the King James, it says, building yourself up in your most purest, holiest faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The New Living Translation kind of explains it in layman's terms. But the original translation actually explains it. When you and I build ourselves up in prayer, our faith is being built up by a purer faith, most holy faith. And who's the only one that's holy? God. His faith is holy. What does that mean, Pastor Bobby? That means that there's no doubt in it. He removes all doubt anxiety, fear, worry, concern. its is a walk of faith. And when you stay in prayer, not only, not only are you being touched, you're being filled. And when you start living a life that's overflowing by faith, this is why some of you who have the gift of gab. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that too strong? Okay, let me just say it again. Those of you who love to talk, Now, let me rephrase that. Those of you who can't help what comes out of your mouth sometimes, (laughs) this is where your gifting begins to be a blessing because you'll begin to feel the overflow, and instead of criticism, you'll begin to speak faith and say, you know, God can. God will. God will do it. And for those of you who don't like to talk and just, Cause you're afraid of what people are going to think or you think you don't have the answer. The wisdom of God comes in and the faith of God comes in and you open up your mouth and everyone's like achale why'd you come there? What happened? You have been drinking? I'm so Mexican man. I can't help it. Forgive me. I can't help it. Pray for me. You open up your mouth sometimes, and people are like, "What?" I felt something, you know? Felt something. When your cup begins to overflow, faith begins to come out. There's a boldness that comes on you. There's a love that comes out of you. There's a faith that's resident inside of you because you've been building yourself up. Come on, Haley. You've been building yourself up. I've gone too long. How many of you understand what I'm talking about here? When you get into the routine, when you get into the program, when you get in there and start, just begin to pray, talk to God. He is building yourself. He is building you up with his spirit and his word. when you read the word and you begin to pray with the word, now you fully equipped yourself to release what God is placing inside of you. And it's not long, it's not long after a while you begin to feel something on the inside direct you. You call it that gut feeling. Remember I talked about that? That's because that's where your spirit man is. You know, there are more... there are more nerve endings from your brain inside your gut than there are in your brain. Did you know that? They've done studies. I've mentioned this a hundred times, but I want you to know. That's why when some of you say, I got this gut feeling, that's what's actually happening. Your nerve endings, your neurons there, that, that they're actually picking up. And your are the, the same thing that's here. Simultaneously, your spirit man is there. Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. What I'm trying to tell you is is that God wants to fill you. But the only way God can fill you is through prayer and through the word. But here's what I want you to have for the weekly challenge. Here's what I want you to write down. After prayer this week, release the word of God. Release the word God has put in you. Learn to go into prayer and stay long enough to feel him and begin to exercise that by speaking what you feel in God. Speaking it. If you feel faith, begin to release faith words in alignment with the word of God. That's why I said find in the scripture the challenge that you're facing. You can find that. I'm telling you right now, the internet is such a wonderful tool if you use it right. You can type in scriptures for healing, scriptures for worry, scriptures for anxiety. You can type in stuff like that. It's not a secret. Then find it in your Bible or mark it in your Bible, whatever you read, whatever you do. Then begin to memorize that, meditate on that. But when you go into prayer consistently and you have that word, you- Something's going to happen. It's a winning combination. God is going to take that and rise it up out of you. And one day you're going to speak it, but this time it's going to be inspired. You're going to feel it like a flow. You're going to feel it mixed with courage and faith. And it's going to come out of you one day, and you're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I declare that we shall overcome and that we shall be the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath. My family is blessed and my children are blessed and people call us blessed. I declare that we are rich in Christ Jesus and there is no sickness, there is no disease. There is nothing that can hinder from the work of God, our purpose in God. Nothing, nothing shall stop us. Nothing greater is he that's inside of me than him that's in the world. There is no weapon formed against me and my family that can prosper no weapon formed against us can supersede what God has planned for our life. I know the plans that God has for me. It's a plan and a future, a bright future, and a hope. Come on, somebody, you have to understand. God wants you to release his word. He wants to give you access to unlimited faith. He wants to grow you. He wants to develop you. He wants to give you spiritual ears to hear. He wants to give you a mouth to speak. He wants you to discern and have a discernment in your life. What's right? What's wrong? The culture isn't right, folks. I'm telling you right now this culture this cancel culture everything that's happening it's not from god don't comply to it but stay in the love of god keep the word of god inside of you and protect your families protect your marriages protect your faith and let god be god in your life release the word